The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your DFS preview for this week's FedEx St. Jude Championship. Joining me to break it all down, Sia Najat is here. Sia, happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy beginning of the playoffs. Um, this makes me miss uh, Greg a little bit on the DFS show because he says playoffs just like Jim Morris Sr., uh, yes. but I'm excited. Yes, no cuts from here on out. So we've got that to consider. And then obviously there will be the natural, oh, well, he's, you know, five spots out of the next leg. So certainly he's going to find a way to play well. It's been an exciting run so far. I was pretty much glued to JT trying to uh, try to get in at, at the Wyndham Championship coming up one shot short. But it was uh, a strong start to our little playoff run here. That was really engaging. Uh, I didn't realize it was going to be so engaging. And, and, and the reason probably is that I didn't think JT was going to make, you know, much of a contest of, of actually falling at 70 or better. I, I got to be honest. I mean, I don't think this is like too controversial of a topic, but I kind of wish they didn't cut it down to 70. I mean, that doesn't mean it doesn't need, it, it doesn't need to be 125, but I mean, I kind of wish it was like top 100 or something in this one. And maybe you had a small cut. I just like more players personally. <sighs> Yeah. I mean, listen, there's pros and cons to all of this. I think it's I'm actually kind of surprised they did get it down to 70, considering, you know, the players don't want to cut themselves out of the playoffs, don't want to cut themselves out of getting tour cards. So I imagine the power struggle that ensued to even get it to 70. I look at it the other way and say, OK, well, if you if you let 100 in or you let 125 in, that's basically half the tour, if not more. I guess there's press. Is there precedent in other sports to let half the teams into into the playoffs? I guess the NBA is pretty close, huh? Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I never really made that sort of correlation or that analogy, but you're right. I mean, yeah, the NBA is not only close. I mean, they actually do it. I mean, and they yeah, actually the do NBA it in then some. I think the playing stuff too. Looks like half the teams are in. Right. Yeah. Baseball. Baseball has been historically very tight, although I guess they've added more spots recently. The NFL has added more spots recently. Yeah. So golf's the only sport going in the other direction in terms of getting their guys into, play, into the playoffs, which is pretty interesting. Let, let me ask you one other thing on this. Uh, to me, I, again, sorry, this is a DFS show. I'm going off on a tangent here. But um, I think one of the intrigues of golf, and I don't think I'm breaking news here, is the fact that there's a cut. Whether it be a small cut because there's only 100 or 125 or whether it's a full field 156, I just think that's one of the intrigues of golf that is missing in a no-cut tournament. 
Yes. Again, power struggle, right? The, the, the best players want to be guaranteed four rounds and a payday and all that fun stuff. I agree that even, even if every field was a hundred golfers and they cut it to 70, I'd be interested in that. I, I think there's a, an inherent, uh, you have to go out and play well every single day as opposed to, Hey, maybe I'll just, you know, start slow and kind of get hot and see what happens. I, I think that even if it was a small, kind of what, I mean, it's kind of what the masters does, right? I mean, those fields uh, in recent years have been around 90 and, mm. you know, top 50 and ties gets you 60 golfers in and great. That's fine. The guys who are really punting it, get them out of here and everybody else can, everybody else can stick around for the weekend. Well, PGA tour, it looks like we all agree. So Let's let's do that from now on. Yeah, well, they've got other uh, other things to consider as well, like how to get more money to these players. Uh, speaking of money, big bucks on the line this week at the FedEx St. Jude, $3.6 million for first. Next week, $3.6 million for first. In our one and done, $7.2 million for the winner of the Tour Championship. So basically $15 million on the line. The fans, their vote is now available. Link in the description. Go and uh, fill out the form. Get your vote in. I have passed the fans last week. Thank you very much. Those those stinking fans are now in my rearview mirror for the time being. But see, it is. I, I, here's another thing. Like this is kind of a silly thing that we do, right? You know, we just we've gone through forty events and now get hot for three, and you can win the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I guess that's what the playoffs are all about. Ultimately, I mean, it is analogous to what you just said about, uh, you know, you can be an NFL team that makes it in with a, a wild card, and you can win the Super Bowl. We've actually seen that recently, so or at least get to the Super Bowl. So I'm excited because I'm in striking distance. Like I'm not doing great, but I'm not doing like terribly either, and. I've got a guy in mind, which who we're going to talk about, and I don't know how many people have this guy left, so I could pick up maybe a quick 3.6 and really be relevant going down the stretch here. I love it. All right. Well, this week is uh, leg one FedEx St. Jude Championship TPC Southwind. Producer Troy, if you'd like to share my screen, that would be splendid. Thank you very much. My website, rickrungood.com. This is the course key stats model. Now, this event has jumped all around the schedule. See, it's been a regular full field event and it's been a WGC. It's been this first leg of the playoffs. It's kind of all over. The thing that has not changed is the golf course. So TPC Southwind has been on the schedule for a long time. I don't want to say a long time, but 15 years, something like that. So uh, we do have some pretty decent history. We have some good examples and results to go off of. What types of golfers are we starting to look for at TPC Southwood? You know, it's interesting looking at this model. It looks like you kind of need to have everything here. And I think just like the last couple of weeks, I think I am going to be focused a little bit on driving accuracy, keeping it in the fairway. But then ultimately, we're looking at approach and putting like I'm not a guy that I don't like to invest a lot in putting in terms of like having it be a big part of my breakdown. But there are some there are some times where I'm just going to have to do that. I think this is one of those courses where I'm going to be looking at putting a little bit stronger, but definitely a second shot golf course, in my opinion. Um, but with that said, uh, if I'm if I'm talking about length versus accuracy, I'm looking for accuracy over length here. Yeah, and I think the the big thing that the model kind of points out is historically, 
solid approach players and solid putters have had success at TPC Southwind. Uh, I pointed this out on my Monday show as well. That is, it's kind of a rare combination. You don't usually get great approach players and great putters at the same time. It's a very high upside, a very rare skill set on the PGA Tour. I already have a guy in mind. In fact, uh, Troy, if you want to pull up that stat there, Sam Burns week, says Alex, or excuse me, that comment there. 100% agree. I I have been earmarking Sam Burns for this golf course for the last three or four weeks, hoping that he was going to play well coming into this week so that I could deploy him in a lot of situations. And here we are. So that, that I think is the type of golfer that we're looking for. Yeah. Wow. I guess we know where you might be headed with with the one and done. And, and now I want to check to see if I have him, but I'm not going to play him. I'm going to play somebody else that I've been saving, but I think Sam Burns is perfect. I mean, here's the thing. Like one thing you have to realize, given that this is a DFS show, no cut, right? So you're going to get like, even if you have a guy like Sam Burns or, or, or like, let's say the, um, maybe the lesser version of Sam Burns is better for this example, like an Eric Cole, for example, who we know is a scorer, but like can, can fall, can find trouble here and there. Uh, but tends to be like really locked in on approach, things of that nature. Like if you can get two great rounds out of Eric Cole, he's going to pay off. And I think Sam Burns is one of those guys that we know he can get red hot. And, and because we have no cut, he can have a poor Thursday or he can have a poor Friday and you're still okay because he can he can just rock the weekend. Yeah, Eric Cole certainly fits into that category as well. We'll we'll point him out as we go along, but um that seems to be the skill set that we're looking for and then, you know, it's 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 there's trouble lurking out here. You can get you can get in some tough spots. You got to be pretty stout. And of course, the field uh Sia, it, it's not necessarily the 70 I don't know how to say this, like the 70 best players in the world, but it's the 70 hottest players in the world for the most part, guys that had the 70 best seasons, which most of them tend to skew. There's a, there's a couple at the bottom, like Matthew Neesmith hasn't played well, but he he got in late. You, you know what I mean? It's just like this is there's not a lot of guys in this field who are playing poorly just because of the nature of how you have to qualify to get in. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there are some exceptions to that rule with, I mean, guys like, well, let's, let's put it this way. Maybe they haven't played super poorly, but there are guys that are like, even in the upper tiers that are sort of off everybody's radar, which I think from a DFS standpoint, given that this is a no cut event, they might, you might want them to be on your radar. Matt Fitzpatrick comes to mind. Like I just question, we'll get to all of those ranges. I just question how much people are going to want to play a guy like Matt Fitzpatrick. I think Tony Finau is interesting because he's so low priced that I think people will want to play him, but he had like, in terms of recent form, uh, we haven't really seen much from him. So I just think it's really going to be interesting from an ownership standpoint where people decide to go because there are golfers that have been way hotter than others over the last 24 rounds. For example, um, Wyndham Clark. I mean, he's had some hiccups lately, but like he is a guy that I think should be popular. D- does that mean guys like Tony Finau are not going to be popular? I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. We're going to start naming some names and going through this pricing. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. Here's the cheat sheet. Five golfers over $10,000 on DraftKings. Scotty Scheffler, 12100 Rory McIlroy, eleven five. John Rahm, eleven one. Victor Hovland, ten two. Xander Shoffley, $10,000. The cream of the crop, as they say. See ya? Yeah, this is interesting because I think a lot of people, when they're making their lineups, they're just going to one of those top three is going to be in there. And I think I think it's going to go in the direction of Rory and Scotty being you know the most owned in this 10K range. And then Rom falling behind, but not too far behind, because I think people will start to get wise to maybe Rom's going to be good here. And then it, and then it's Hovland and Shoffley. But what's so interesting about this, knowing that you get four rounds, I think a lot of people are going to jam in two 10K guys. Maybe it's Scotty and Rory, but maybe it's Rory and Hovland, for example, which I think is totally fair. Uh, with are, all are of you, that, that, go ahead. Are you saying that jam in two 10K guys because um, the idea being the larger sample, guaranteeing four rounds, we've seen the best players start to work their way up the leaderboard. You're, you're just in this situation much more more likely to get um, good weeks. Even even the bad weeks are going to be pretty good because you've got the four guaranteed rounds. The four guaranteed rounds. And I think in the back of everybody's mind, they're also thinking, well, this is going to force me to go down to the low 6K range. And good news, I get four rounds there too. Now that, that can go either way, right? right. Because you, you might get four rounds of, of bad, four rounds of less than mediocre. But I think just people... People want to be able to jam in those top guys so much that I think they're going to be willing to make the sacrifice and just hope that a 6,300 guy or a flat 6K guy or a 6,400 guy can can maybe string together two great rounds. Okay, so um, you, you mentioned that the top guys might be more. Is there one kind of all things considered that you would like to start with? It's so tough because I want to say Scotty Scheffler, but I'm just so worried about the putter. I mean, I just told you when we started the show that, uh, you know, I want to look at putter a little bit more than than some of the tournaments I normally look at. And I, there's no sign that the putter's coming around. And then now we're looking at his history here. <laughs> That's not good. I mean, that like his history here, this is back when his putter was like, okay, for, for stretches. I mean, you just, you're showing us here, he's lost four out of five in a very significant way at the FedEx St. Jude. I am a little, uh, I'm a little worried about Scotty. And, and let me be clear: being worried about Scotty is is like being worried that the sun might not come up tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like it's it's coming. It's it's. I'm not that that worried about it. But you're right. Uh, this is a golf course that historically has more correlated to to better putters. He has not figured out these greens. That's pretty statistically clear. And he is not like, it's okay in most scenarios when he loses two strokes with the flat stick more frequently. Now he's losing like four and eight and four. It's like, I am a little bit concerned um, because we have to be splitting hairs here, but that, that, that worries me a bit. And the thing is, like, you know, just watching him and I obviously the last time I saw him was at the Open Championship where I think I played him a decent amount. I mean, he's not even close on some of these putts. Like, I listen, I'm, I'm not the guy that should be evaluating putters like I'm not. But like these aren't close. They're not burning don't, edges. Don't watch him. If you roster him, do not watch him, especially on the putting greens. What's amazing about Scotty Scheffler and his mental fortitude 
is that he's still so locked in with the ball striking. Like it's you insane. would think that would catch up to you and it would just frustrate you so much that it would affect the other parts of your game. It doesn't somehow with him. Yeah, I agree. No, he's 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 been phenomenal. I you know, I was teasing earlier that that historic run that he was on, all those top twelves, it finally came to an end with a twenty-third at the open championship. The the horror of a twenty-third place finish at the open, which it, you know is a great finish for most guys. Um Rory McIlroy here, 11-5. I'll pull up his stat profile. Talk about another guy who, I don't know if you'd be um, super excited about his history around this place. He, he missed the cut here last year. T12 in 2021. 2020, he finished T47. His two best results, two top sevens. One was four years ago. The other was 11 years ago. So I, I don't I don't take a whole lot of out, out of this course history either. Yeah, I mean, first of all, some of you might be thinking, wait, I thought this was a no-cut event. He must have been really bad in 2022. <laughs> like, it, this was a cut event last year. That The Correct. top 70 thing is new, just so yes. everybody knows. Yeah, it's, trust me, this, this is the most confusing. <laughs> they have flipped this thing all over. That's why, instead of just putting the tournament history here, I put the course history on this tab because it's just like, it doesn't make any sense unless you look at the golf course. Um, but Rory's been great across the board. He's gained strokes across the board in four straight, nearly five straight, and he's done it in six of his last seven. Tita Green stuff is there. Any any other major concerns about Rory? No, no major okay. concerns. And, and I'm willing to kind of like throw out the history a little bit when it comes to superstars like Rory McIlroy. I mean, even to some degree, Scotty Scheffler with the putter. But again, the, the putter with Scotty Scheffler is a completely different issue because it's something that's plaguing him currently. Right now, there's nothing plaguing Rory. The, the one thing I'll say is if, if Rory and Scotty are like super high owned because everybody wants to fit one of those two guys in their lineup. I am more than happy to play like super game theory guy when it comes to this particular tournament, because there's only so many people to choose from. And if it just so happens that like Victor Hovland or even Xander Schauffele are, I don't know, like let's just six or 8% lower than, than uh, guys like Rory and, uh, and Scotty, which they very well could be. I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just not play Rory or, or Scotty Scheffler, even though I understand the win equity is locked up in those, those two in a huge way. Right now on Monday, I'm excited about John Rom. I do think that I will convince myself as the week goes on that the math still is in favor of Scotty Scheffler, even if he's losing three strokes with the putter. Is he going to be three strokes better from T to Green than everybody else? Honestly, maybe. I might. I might find myself getting into that. I can already feel it coming. But as of right now, what John Rom has been up to—the elite ball striking, the putter—is is is certainly writing itself. His history around TPC Southwind is the is basically the best of the big three: seventh, fifty second, and fifth in his last three trips. As of this Monday, as we're live right now, I feel like this is my favorite starting point. I like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of like, I, honestly, it's not that I think these three are necessarily interchangeable, but I think it's pretty close. And I think a lot of people forgot that Rom was T2 at the Open Championship. I think a lot of people still think Rom's just been in kind of just above average form for him. And, you know, granted, he could be in better form, but uh, I think it would surprise some people just because it was a few weeks ago uh, that that he was T2 at the Open Championship. Hovland and Xander are the last two. I guess we should probably just roll through them real quick. Um, Zan, or excuse me, Victor does not have a great history around this place. T20 here last year, that was 2022. But again, that was only a field of 70. The other two events uh, he lost, that was WGC, the WGC version of this event. So you've got um, 
him playing well on a golf course that maybe has or has not suited him, maybe too early to tell with only three starts. And then Xander, who just kind of always does Xander stuff, just this well-rounded bunch of finishes from T10 to T19. Yeah, and you got the no-cut narrative, which I assume still holds true with Xander yeah. to some degree. Um, I, I like both of these guys because, I mean, like I'm looking for ball strikers. I'm looking for guys that... I mean, they both can hit it far and long, but they're generally going to keep it in the fairway. And, you know, we've seen them, especially in Hovland's case, get completely locked in uh, with the uh, with the approach play. I, I I like them both, honestly. Yeah. So I was looking through. Um, actually, let me try to pull this up here. I'll get the I'll get the no cut events up here because usually it's like JT and usually it's Xander Shoffley. But Xander is now kind of that that no cut guy. Um, the let's look at Xander's TPC. Yeah. I mean, this is it's so bizarre, man. I mean, huh. the, there's 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 legit the the ten k guys a couple of weeks ago were slam dunks. I'm not sure I feel the same way this time. Yeah, that's troubling. His history here is is there's no question that 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 that's the worst from a ball striking standpoint. That's the worst we've seen of the 10K guys. Am I right? Uh, yeah, I think so. It has to be. Right. Yeah, it has to be. Okay, nine um, Ks. So this is Cantlay, Hatton, Fowler, Jordan Spieth, Tommy Fleetwood, Colin Morikawa. Where would you like to go here? Okay, so Cantley is is a mystery to me. I, I'm I'm going to skip right over him. To me, it's Terrell Hatton, Ricky Fowler, Tommy Fleetwood, and Colin Morikawa. And I know that's four guys, and I and I probably need to distinguish a little bit among the four. Uh, I mean, what's Hatton doing wrong? I mean that that that's that's my initial question. But he's the guy can get hot everywhere. Last 36 rounds, he's the second best player in the world. Now it's say what you want. It's raw strokes gain. Trust me. I, I tweeted today and people do not like strokes gain. They're very manip. You can manipulate them any way you want. I'm an idiot, et cetera, et cetera. But he is the second best player in the world over the last 36 rounds behind just Scotty Scheffler. I don't think a lot of people would realize that there is not a trophy on the mantle because of it, but it is a bunch of really high finishes with a well-rounded phenomenal game that should set up well for a lot of different courses, especially this one. And again, he's a guy that we know can get absolutely red hot any given round and shoot the, the low score. So to me, it's not that I think you're getting a deal with Terrell Hatton, but he's he's one of those guys like the, there's certain guys that can just light it up any given day. And honestly, those are the guys I'm looking for, especially in a no cut event, because I think they might be able to do it two and three times over. Uh, Hatton's one of those guys. One of the other names you mentioned was Colin Morikawa. I think that he is my I don't want to say favorite. But I'm like, I'm kind of in on this. Um, I think I might have said this to you a couple of weeks ago. If you removed his name, any noise, uh, the finishing positions, this is a, this. I love this stat profile. I do. He's like the fourth best approach player in the field over the last 50 rounds. He is putting well, gaining in four of his last five. Um, I, I know this could go sideways, but I'm I'm in on this. The history around here, T20, T26, T5. I'm really curious to see how his ownership goes because 9,000 seems really low. Even for those who are like, I'm not so sure about Colin Morikawa. I, I think even those people are going to be like, 9,000 is just too cheap. So I, I wonder where this is going to creep to. I, I mean, doesn't Ricky Fowler just like, ma- just ter- Terrell Hatton and Ricky Fowler just eat it all up, don't they? Well, it's you know, Tommy Fleetwood eats up some of it too, I think. He's because he rates out incredibly well. You look at weighted T to green, you look at uh weighted approach, uh, uh, which you can see on Rick Run Good, of course. Um, yeah. it all looks really, really good to me. 
Yeah, I mean, he I'm so he missed the cut at the Travelers, but outside of that, it was runner up fifth, sixth, and tenth in his last five. It's well rounded. Uh, very good stuff. The the other one was uh Fa- I mean the foul. God, Fowler's been so good. This and is, he's been and he's been great with the putter. Yeah, which is just the icing on the cake. So if you if you look at guys who are uh approach and putting guys, well, that's Ricky, and he also sprinkles in a positive driver and usually a positive around the green game. His history around here, mixed bag, two top 15s. Although, I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't played TPC Southwind a lot. He's played it four times dating back to 2014. So I don't know how much you even want to look into that, especially with some of the struggles that he's gone through as of late. Right. So might not even want to consider course history for someone like him. But yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of ownership to be had, you know, that will, that will go to this nine K range. It's weird. I mean, you could do, it's interesting to see what's going to happen. Cause like you said, I, I do believe that jamming two 10 K guys in, in a no cut event, because you're going to get four rounds out of your six K guys is interesting. But then I look at the guys who are actually in the nine K range and I think, Oh my God, well, this is where people actually want to go. Are they going to forego the 10 K range? So th- it's going to be fascinating when we get that first run ownership. So I just did uh, Rory Hovland and Morikawa just to see how much I'd have left. Which, and it's not, by the way, murderers row. Yes, uh, it's not much left. You only have 6,400 left. But if I were to take Rory out because he's in the 11, the 11K range, and if I were to put in Xander, which I, I really don't want to put him in because of what we just saw. So let me just back up and I'll put in Rom. It leaves us with around 6,600, which means, which means, You've got those three horses. You could go down to a flat 6K or 6,100 guy and bump yourself back up for the last two guys right around 7K. Okay, do, it's possible. Do, do this. How about start start with Hatton, Fowler, Colin. Okay. I like that already, by the way. Five, 9,000. Leaves you with 7,267. Very playable. Just for, just for reference, 7,200s like Cam Davis, Justin Rose area. Who I love. So let so just for the sake of like just completing this exercise, let's just throw in Andrew Putnam has great history here. He's sixty four hundred. Let's just throw in Andrew Putnam. Okay. Um, that leaves us with seventy seven hundred. Like we can do what we want at that point. You can go eight yeah. mid eight k range and still get a a low like a Cam Davis for you. Yeah, them. and the 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 guys in the bottom half of the seven k range, which we'll talk about, are all the guys who played well last week. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's Benny Ons runner up finish, Lucas Glover's win, Poston seventh, Jaeger fourteenth, Cam Davis seventh. That like that's the lower end of the seven K range. So you could even get okay, these three guys that I want plus guys that are coming off great weeks last week. We mentioned Burns. He's only eighty one hundred. So you I throw know. in Burns to that lineup, it leaves you right in that seventy three hundred range where there's a plethora of guys that can get absolutely nuclear hot. Okay. So if you play if you play Hatton uh, Fowler, Morikawa, Burns, and two 7K guys send us a share of your winnings when you win all the money. Well, you'll only be able to play one 7K guy of the last two because you'll have 68.50 left, but you can play a 7K guy and then a mid-6K guy. And yes, you will have to uh, chop that into thirds for Rick and I. Yeah, or even I'll, I'll just take like a 10% finder's fee something like that. I'll take a third. Okay, that's fair. Uh, all right, we'll continue this conversation with the eights, the sevens, and the sixes. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. The eights, Jason Day, Max Homa, Tony Finau, Matt Fitzpatrick. Then we go to Wyndham Clark, Kadeki Matsuyama, Brian Harmon, Cam Young, Sam Burns, Sung J.M. I'll just pull up Sam Burns uh, and his stat profile uh, just to round out the conversation here. I've already uh, told you why I like this. It is uh, historically, he is an approach and putting guy. Historically, approach and putting. He's phenomenal on Bermuda. I think he's the third best Bermuda putter in the last four years. He's behind only Denny McCarthy and Brendan Todd. He played well again last week. He is, uh, he's got a runner up finish here in 2021, a 20th place finish last year. And he has that high upside. I do not see a view him as a safe option because he does miss a lot of cuts. But to me, this is, this is the potential. um, I hate, I kind of hate this, like the slate breaker guy. Because he's not going to be, because he's going to be super highly owned. I think so. I don't that's know. the thing, yeah. and, and that's the thing because the the safety argument that you just gave, yeah, he's unreliable. He can miss a cut, but like obviously, there's no cut to miss here. Oh, so, true. Yeah, true. Right. So I mean, he could have that bad round and then still just completely hook you up for the for the next two or three rounds. So I mean, I think that's particularly why he's going to be super popular because they know he can light up the scoreboard and he's only 8,100. Think about it, 8,100 or less. Is there anybody that's even in that conversation in terms of a guy who has great course history here and who can light it up both with approach and the putter and who has actually won on tour before? Well, first off, what does Sam Burns have? Four or five wins on tour already. Um, And he's, I mean, just kind of looking at people behind him. Sungjae's got two. Russell Henley's got a couple, but they're very spread out. Tom Kim got two quickly. I mean, Keegan's got two this year, but he, you know, whatever. I mean, no, I mean, this is... I think he's the class. I think he's not even close. I I mean, first of all, Brian Harmon, who I kind of like, by the way, is $200 more expensive than Sam Burns. That's crazy. Isn't that a crazy world? Yeah. Um, All right. So where else do we want to go here? Where where else do you want to talk about Brian Harmon? Yeah, I mean, I I just think Brian Harmon, especially, it's not a super long course. We want to keep it in the fairway. We want to be dialed in on approach, and we see it on approach. I mean, there are some some trouble spots, but barely any over his last eight or nine tournaments. We saw at the Rocket Mortgage gaining over six on on approach. Um, At the U.S. Open, he was great. At the Travelers, he was great on approach. And the putter, he just continuously, continuously gains with the putter. Now, granted, at the Open Championship, he gained 11 strokes with the putter, and like that's kind of why he won because the ball striking was good, but it wasn't fantastic. But he's consistently gaining multiple strokes with the putter. I mean, the tournament before that, over five, then over three, then over five. I mean, the guy's completely locked in. And I, I think at 8,300, you know, I don't think people are going to really want to play him because they'll defer up to Wyndham Clark, who I also like, or they'll defer yeah. down to Sam Burns, who, of course, I like. Cameron Young is in the conversation. 
I'm not so sure about Decky. I don't think he'll collect a ton of ownership, but I just think Harmon will get lost in the shuffle here a little bit. Yeah, Wyndham Clark's just, he's just awesome. I mean, he's been awesome all year. He continues to be awesome. He's got a great, He's he's got that great approach putting combination, and he's also a great driver of the golf ball. There should be no surprise on why he has had the year that he's had. Cam Young, you mentioned, I'll be interested to see what that ownership is because he is probably uh, he's probably got one of the largest ranges of outcomes in this in this um, eight thousand dollar tier, right? I mean, he could go nuts and gain sixteen strokes ball striking like he did at Royal Liverpool. Same time, lose you four, five, six strokes with the flat stick. Th- this is a high risk, high reward um, profile, but like you said. Th- He's guaranteed four rounds. That's that's exactly right. I mean, the, the thing that scares me here is, is I haven't figured out whether he's found the putter to any significant degree. I mean, he's obviously gained three out of the last five. I mean, one of those gains was marginal. But I, I, I don't want a guy who can just get lost with the putter here. But then again, he gets four rounds, and we know he historically has gotten hot with the putter. In, the, in two of the last three rounds, he's been good with the putter. I, I think he's one of those classic guys. I think he's kind of like a... I can't believe I'm saying this, but almost like right now, a poor man, Sam Burns, where it's like Sam Burns, I feel like people think is just a little bit more reliable. But if you really look at it, Cameron Young is, you know, is basically the same guy in terms of the ability to stack up points. So honestly, I think putting we'll see what the ownership is, but I think putting both of those guys in your lineup makes a lot of sense. And it probably leads to some different builds because a lot of people will be kind of in that 10K, 9K range and then falling right back down to the 7K range. The uh, I have concerns for Tony Finau. Just I need to see probably one more week before I get super mm-hmm. excited about that. I do want to ask you about Max Homa here because he's quietly getting a little bit better. T21, T12, T10 in his last three. Two of those, he's had massive gains in the ball striking categories. The putter has been very good for six out of eight, something like that. The problem is just a horror show when it comes to TPC Southwind. Wow. How you (laughs) reconcile this. I can throw away, I can throw away 2015. I can throw away 17. I can even throw away 19. I'm not sure I can throw away 22, 21, and 20 (laughs) along the way. (laughs) Um, So here's what I've sort of discovered for for myself. I haven't like back tested this to any degree, but this entire year, I've, I've, I haven't strictly ignored course history, but I haven't given it nearly as much weight as I've done as I have in previous years. And, and actually that's worked out for me because I've had a better DFS year than I did like last year and the year before that. With that said, when somebody has really bad history at a place, I think that's what I'm more inclined to pay attention to it. Or they have really, really good history. If they have like middling and they're finishing like 12th and, and 25th, like I don't really care. But those metrics look really bad. And so, like, I have to invest a little bit of time into maybe thinking Max Home is just not my guy. And unless, of course, his ownership is super low. The sevens. Are we getting let's play doctor for a second? <laughs> Tom I, Kim. I want to be in on Tom Kim. Yeah. Right? I mean, he finished 13th here last year. He's coming off a sixth and a runner-up. He played through the injury, which I believe is a torn ligament in his ankle, at the Open Championship. My <laughs> my dumb brain says, well, he injured it on Monday or Tuesday of the Open. He played through it. He finished runner-up. It can't be worse now, right? <laughs> 
This is so funny because like I so badly want to play doctor here without any sort of like education whatsoever when it comes to this. And like my first thought when you asked me that was my, my my father is now a retired orthopedic surgeon, which for the record, he didn't even really specialize in the ankle. But like he'd probably have something to say to this if I just like set out the facts. So would any physical therapist, by the way. Um, here's the thing. Let's see how ownership shakes out, because what you don't want in a no cut event is a guy to like oh, God. not finish the event. Now, like if that leads to- is just absolute death. Tragic. And honestly, there's a few guys like Hideki with the neck injury, which granted, there, there's no signs of that over the last like basically two months. But I mean, there, there are guys where you're like, oh, there's something, you know, potentially lingering there. Let, here's my take on Tom Kim. If he is even moderately popular, moderately I just I don't want to play him because a, first of all, I like other 7K guys. But second of all, like I am kind of worried about the ankle thing because it's such an unknown, in my opinion. But if he but if everybody's scared of him because like they are they are also worried about that, I'm happy to play him. I, I meant to check to see if he's on the uh, the presser schedule for this week. So, like, just, we, we, somebody's got to ask him, right? I, I, I don't know what he's going to tell us if it'll be interesting or not. But but somebody's got to ask him about this, and then maybe we'll get a little bit more clarity before the week starts. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I'm just very curious to see uh, where where the ownership lies. And by the way, Alex Hahn in the chat who who, who mentioned Sam Burns, he says Max Homa week. Nah. And, I, and I do want to remind everybody, in spite of the history that he has, if everybody looks at that history that's in your tournament that you're playing or that you think is in your tournament that, that you're playing and nobody wants to play Max Homa, like this would be the week to take a not just one or two uncomfortable guys. It, w- it would be the week to take you know, multiple uncomfortable guys and put them in even your main lineup. Because again, the, the, the player pool is only 70 deep. Try to get different if you can. I alluded to this earlier. The, the, the Especially the bottom half of the 7K range is a lot of guys who played well last week. Is there anyone or any ones that you're going to help fill out those lineups with? Because some of these guys have been playing uh, some very strong golf to get to this point. And I guess there's no reason to think it's it's going to stop. Yeah, there's there's a few guys. I'll say at the top, uh, I think Sepp Strzok is interesting at 7,700 just because I don't like he's just not a name that I think is going to carry like a ton of ownership. So somebody to point out. But in that mid to low 7K range, I mean, I don't mind going right back to Glover at 7,400. I mean, the guy is just it just seemed like he's so locked in. Nothing phases him. He's just, you know, he's putting it on the green. The approaches are great. He's putting it in the fairway. The putter looks, you know, great. I've been on Glover for a few weeks. And of course, one week he missed the cut, but I'm, I'm happy to play Glover again at 7,400. Jaeger, what's really interesting about Jaeger is if you looked at his round four, he lost 3.49 strokes just putting in round four. And what's really cool about that stat is in the tournament, he still gained with the putter, mm-hmm. which just kind of tells you something. Just round four was just really, really bad for him. I was big on Steven Yeager last week. And, and for the record, he's he's gained ball striking in six out of eight. And the putter has been pretty good. So I think Yeager at 7,300, especially when you're talking about a guy that can light up the scoreboard, he's great. And then I'll just mention one other guy two other guys, but one of them is your guy. So I'll let you talk about him if you like him or not. One is Emiliano Grillo, whose putter has been excellent. The ball striking hasn't been great, but again, classically a good ball striker. I could see him, him coming back from that. that the other guy, that might be the guy. Hold on. That might be my guy. Grillo oh. might be, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on this. The, the, so, so I looked it up. So he started putting well at the players championship. I don't know what happened. This, he had this run where he lost a billion strokes putting and then he figured something out at the players. Since then, he's the fourth best putter in this field, which is it's unbelievable. Wild. And while his approach play, um, overall 
is not as good as we've seen in the past. It, it, it's because he's got a couple of losses in here. I mean, he can still gain five, four or five, six strokes on approach, which is exciting. So that I'm, I'm with you there. Who, who's, who's my guy though? Who's, who's the last guy? So Grillo is 7,100. Your guy is 7,200. And I know you're going to get this because there's only so many to choose from, but this is your dude. Cam Davis, I guess. Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. And he's playing really well. Like yeah, he's, he's like great. really like feels like he's actually back now. Yeah, I so so he is and we've seen the maturity of Cam Davis almost week in, week out, month in, month out for the last couple of years. He when he came on tour, he was incredibly raw. And now you're starting to see a little bit more consistent play. Um, he's a little bit more of a precision golfer than I think people realize. You're seeing it become more well-rounded where he's plugging the leaks in his game and, and the results are showing up too, right? So he missed the cut at the Scottish Open. Don't care at all. The other four in that five tournament stretch were 33rd, 17th, and then the last two, 10th and 7th. Yeah, I, I agree with you, especially for guys like, and we're going to talk about it a lot for like tour championship week where you need guys to just like outperform the position that they're in, right? You need, that's what you need. And Cam Davis to be able to just finish like, T11 in this field or something mm-hmm. like that make a bunch of birdies along the way is like how you flip the script on on things like this extremely doable uh one other guy i want to mention before we go to or two guys that missed the cut actually i know a lot of people were on denny mccarthy last week i, I you know i kind of liked him but I, I thought the rhetoric around him was was a little too strong because like the ball striking isn't like always there for Denny and the last two tournaments, as we see here on, if you're watching on YouTube, it's been really bad. I just wonder, are you interested at all in going back to him or Aaron Riot seven K flat? I was happy. I was happy to write off the 11 strokes. He lost ball striking at the open. I was happy to do that. Losing another six at the Wyndham is a lot different story. Mm-hmm. And and now is more indicative of a guy who has lost it as opposed to a guy who went to his first open championship and got beat up on a link style golf course that probably was not a good fit for him. Uh, so I my concern level went from a one to an eight in two rounds. And maybe that's unfair, but we have not seen him dump this many strokes ball striking in a really long time. And to do it in back to back weeks is scary, scary stuff. So I am, uh, I am taking a pause, a wait and see. I can catch you down the road, Denny. But th- that is, that's scary to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I'm, I'm 100 out on Denny McCarthy. I wasn't really quite in on him last week, although I knew he was going to be. When we talked about the popular build, we knew when we we did this show last Monday, a lot of people were going to start Russell Henley. Siwoo Kim and Denny McCarthy. And you know, like, I'm not saying that didn't make sense. I'm not saying you're like, you're an idiot if you did that. But, you know, it turns out that Russell Henley was the only guy of those three that really paid off in, in any appreciable way. So just keep that in mind when you're playing guys that seem like they're automatic. Uh, 6K range, head down there. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So these are the guys that are going to round out that you know, line up, especially if you are uh, living towards the top and they are all fairly decent. Uh, Eric Cole, Adam Hadwin, Thomas Dietrich at 6,900. It goes down to the min price guys who are Mackenzie Hughes, Matthew Neesmith, Sam Ryder. So again, you know, they've had to earn their way into this. Some, some guys haven't been playing great, but they've put together decent enough seasons to be here. So Sia, um, how do we want to spend our, our funds down here in the penny stocks? So I think a lot of people are going to like Eric Cole, and that that makes a lot of sense in spite of some of his issues off the tee, which I, I'm glad you're bringing this up because I want to remind myself how he looked off the tee last week. Not great. The, the No, it wasn't, but he is 
very on brand. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think the the exciting or interesting thing about Eric Cole is you generally know what you're going to get. He's going to lose your strokes off the tee. He's going to be good on approach. He's probably not going to be great around the greens and he can get hot with the putter. If that's what you're looking for, that is available to you. At least the two and a half strokes that he lost off the tee at Sedgefield were on brand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think Cole is going to be popular. There's other guys that sort of like Svensson, I think is interesting to me as, as a probably, even though last week was, was good for him. I mean, he's definitely going to be a low owned option uh, at 6,700. Again, the ball striking for him has been it, like Svensson classically is a ball striking guy. He just had this stretch earlier in the year where just yeah. he completely lost it. So if the ball striking is back for Svensson, um, I don't mind him at all. Um, a couple of other names, Rick Hodges, I've been on him for a while now. We obviously we know he can win. Uh, he can spike with the putter. Um, I don't have a problem with him at 6,500. And I believe his history here is pretty decent as well. If, if memory serves, yeah, 13th year last year. So, um, you know that that's a pretty strong finish. Uh, Adam Shank, 31st year last year, kind of disappointed me last week. Although last week his course history was really bad at the Wyndham, so it's not quite as bad here. I think he's interesting in terms of a guy that can pile up birdies at 6,400. Yeah, you mentioned a couple of the guys that I'm probably most excited about. I think it, it's it's always interesting to see what happens to a guy like Lee Hodges in his first start after a win, but it's not the immediate next week, which I think is always good. And it's a golf course that he's played well at before. Um, Svensson, no problem there. I'll tell you what, I, I looked at Sam Ryder, who's the flat min $6,000. And I didn't think it was super crazy, but... I don't know why Nick Hardy is priced higher. Like, like I think Sam Ryder could be $6,500. And uh, the absolute min price for a guy who is, I mean, T7 at the 3M, T38 at, at the Wyndham in his last two. Uh, three of his last four, he's gained at least four strokes on approach. You look at, you know, you talk about guys like when they're playing well, when, when Ryder's playing well, it's approaches and putting. And we're kind of getting back towards that. I I saw that flat six thousand and was like, oh man, I could open up a lot with Sam Ryder here. Yeah, I don't mind that. What's interesting though is in the low six K range, there are so many guys where you can make. Uh, granted, not at six K flat, but like Tom Hoagie at sixty three hundred. Granted, his history year isn't good, but like you would think he would be a pretty decent course fit. Um, other guys, Nick Taylor, I think is at least interesting to me. Andrew Putnam has great history here at sixty four hundred. So. I think there's a lot of guys. Hayden Buckley, I, a little interesting. Um, Taylor, Taylor, that's, yeah. Let's he's look been at Nick way Taylor. better than this than this profile. So let's see. He wins the Canadian Open, misses the cut uh, the next week at the U.S. Open. I don't really care about that. Misses the cut at Deer Run, plays well at the Scottish Open, misses the cut at the Open. I can forgive most of this. And again, this is like the very like so we went from like the poor man's Burns to Cole, right? And then we go from the poor man's Cole to Nick Taylor to some degree because. He's not as hot with, with the approach play and with the putter as, as those two guys, but like that's where he's doing his damage, and that's what we want on this course. Hmm. There's some. I mean, I mean, I might just be sick in the head, but there are some decent options here. Oh, I mean, listen, these are names that we were happily playing in the high seven K range just last week. Like Matt Kuchar. Like I don't, I don't have a particular problem with him. Nick Hardy's been hot. Um, you JJ Spawn is interesting. You mentioned Andrew, his, putters his, his history around this place is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to get a little bit of ownership, not, nothing prohibitive um, because it's the low 6k range, but I, I don't see a, I don't see a reason not to speculate with Andrew Putnam. Okay. Any final thoughts before we 
get to the strokes gain narrative lineups? Well, I'll say this because what I like to do in tournaments is if somebody failed me the tournament before, which Glover's a really good example uh, because I had a decent amount of him in DFS uh, yesterday, but or I should say last week. But if somebody failed me the week before, even if the course sets up a little bit differently, I do like to go back to them. But in Alex Smalley's case, I just don't think I can do it. He's 6,800. And the reason is the putter just seems to be a problem with him. I mean, it's just like we're seeing too much like consistency with bad putting. And again, because I'm looking at putting here, I don't think I'm willing to go back to Alex because I was honestly, I, I would have won a lot of money <laughs> in DFS. Like I ended up kind of breaking even, uh, maybe losing like one sixth of my initial buy-in. But if Alex Smalley had made the cut, it would have been a big week for me. And I, I just don't think I can look at this profile and be super confident because of the putting. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you're not going to get any, any arguments from me. So uh, we are now going to suspend all logic and reason. We're going to play a little strokes gain narrative here, which is something that's evolved into quite uh, quite the segment where uh, you, the fans, can submit lineups based on any narrative that you want. It ends up just being fun and interesting, and you can tweet it at Sia at the First Cup Pod. You can use the hashtag SG narrative. And Sia, this has grown. It's evolved. It has kind of changed it's it's a unique little aspect to the show it's pretty cool and we're actually going to lead rick with um gigi's back um she so i i was inspired like this all happened this morning because john markowski the uh the stroke stand narrative goat although there's people chasing you john mm -hmm. uh he uh, submitted something really cool that we're actually going to watch after this after this next video that you're going to see and so it was tennessee inspired because we know where this tournament is and i just was thinking of the song walking in memphis with mark Cohn. so i sketched out some very quick lyrics we put this together really fast and if you know the song walking in memphis with Mark Cohn, you need to have a piano we don't have a piano, so it's going to sound a little different. Um, turn turn it up a little bit, um, but it's uh, it's Gigi on the guitar singing a Strokes Gain narrative to uh, instead of walking in Memphis, it's called walking in Naismith. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Troy. Yes, yes, GG, well done. Very good, very good. Uh, those are always so much fun. Yeah, if you want to actually see the lyrics, um, they are on, uh, like, First Cut Pod retweeted it. So I, I had the lyrics underneath it. I, I forgot to give it to Troy, but... I heard a song to him. I heard a Taylor Montgomery, obviously, uh, Matt, and uh, I think there was a... Was there a Decky in there? There yes. was a Corey in there. Uh, Decky and Roy, you, you got them all. Davis okay. Riley at the end. Davis Riley yep. at the end. Yes, yes, yes. Very good, very good. Awesome. All right. Wow, that's that's just the start here. Troy, what else do we, what else do we have? I know we've got at least one slide here. Tim Thomas. Have we used to have, have we seen Tim Thomas? Before? Tim is new. Welcome, Tim. 
Former NBA star and Big East star, Tim Thomas. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, here's one based on former Memphis Tigers stars. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, Justin Derrick Rose. Justin Rose, Derrick Rose. Nick Hardyway. Penny Hardaway. Matt Fitzpaxton Lynch. Doesn't need, don't need me to tell you. Uh, Davis Riley Ferguson. Davis Riley making an appearance here. Keith Lee Hodges and Keith Mitch Elliott Perry. A couple of those were over my head, but the rest were great. Strong. Very, very strong. He actually submitted two strokes gain narratives. They were both good. I chose this one. Uh, Nick Hardyway is my favorite one of yes. all. Yes. <laughs> very good. Very well done. Uh, the Model Maniac says FedEx Cup playoffs. You've got mail. FedEx delivery type deal. Mm -hmm. JT Postman. Ricky Howler. Oh, for that's a Harry Potter reference. I never watched Harry Potter or read the books. Yeah, I never read the books. We just watched the first like two movies like three months ago. So wow. Yeah. Are, like, should I watch them or no? I don't know. I mean, they're interesting. Well, I don't watch movies just like you don't watch movies. So, like, is it worth my investment? It seems like a big investment. I mean, they're interesting. I don't like I'm I'm sure I'm not appreciating them the way I should. I'm sure I'm not getting like all the little like, oh, did you see that storefront? Blah, blah. Like, I, you know. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out on Harry Potter. Sorry, everybody. That's fine. Uh, anthrax. Call Lucas Glover. Wow. We've got our first anthrax reference on the show. <laughs> Jason Today Shipping. Postman nice. Pat. That's. Can't lay and apparently a British cartoon and Emiliano Grillo. That's my favorite one. <laughs> That's amazing. Emiliano, Emiliano Grillo. Nice. Uh, Ryan Fantasy Bunker says FedEx is Tennessee's largest employer. A few other large companies with corporate operations in the state. Byung Hyun Amazon. Beautiful. Cracker Barrel Kitayama. When's the last time you read a Cracker Barrel? Probably 12 to 13 years ago. Yeah. We used to always, like when I was a kid, like if we were driving somewhere, we'd always stop. But it's, yeah, it's been a long time. Bridge Stoney Finau. Bridge Stoney. Nice. Um, hmm. How would I you look? I should have looked this one up because I'm not sure what this is. H-C-O Woo Kim. See, I don't know if that's an acronym or if that is like a... Uh, HSA. Oh, HSA is, a, I think, an insurance provider. Oh, no. I so think this it's an insurance be, This would be H-S-C-O Woo Kim. Sorry, Ryan. I don't know that one. A-T and J-T Poston and Aaron Ryhart Media. Well done. Um, now... Am I incorrect that our, our John Markowski oh, yeah. submission is a video? It is a, a video, and you won't want to miss this because it's super weird. <laughs> well, you've got me hooked. Go ahead, Troy. <laughs> Go easy on me. Ha! Ah. First up is Dolly Partoni Finau. She has a theme park in Tennessee. Next is the volunteer Rel Hatton. The college football nickname. Good, right? Memphis Grizzly Hodges. You know, the NBA team. 
Rolling now. Brandon Mountain Woo. That delightful yellow soda I drink on days I'm on like seven shows. Next up is Patrick Cantley. Emphasis on the eight, as there are eight states that border Tennessee. Dropping knowledge now. And finally, Jason Cotton Kinday. Also invented in Tennessee. Love me some of that sticky goodness. How'd I do? Love me some of that sticky goodness. Yes. First off, for those that wasn't John Markowski. That was Sia Najad. For those who are listening, that was a, um, dare I call it a deep fake of Sia Najad speaking out this great narrative lineup, finally getting the courage to submit one here on the show and just can't get enough of that sticky stuff. <laughs> yes, that was uh, extremely creative. Don't forget, those of you that are new to the show, John Markowski is the same guy who got Nick Hardy, uh-huh. PGA Tour player Nick Hardy, to submit a strokes game narrative on video just four weeks ago. So uh, everybody's kind of stepping up their game. And that inspired me to do the thing with, uh, with GG too. So uh, it's fun. We're having fun. Next level. Next level. Things are trending up and to the right. See ya. Uh, as always, fun Monday. Uh, we will be back for a mega preview pod Tuesday. Round by round recaps for each round of the FedEx St. Jude Championship. I'm trying to think what else. Get your vote in for the one and done if you're a fan. Link is in the description. I think that's it. Big, big thanks. Producer Troy does all the hard work behind the scenes. Follow Sia on Twitter at Sia Najad. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.